Hello and thank you for joining us on what we are calling our Song Stripper Christmas Special 2020. We're calling it that because it's recorded around Christmas time and it's 2020 and it's nice to have at least one thing that's special this year. Today's guest is not only a great songwriter but a producer, arranger and multi-instrumentalist. He's been a friend of mine and Phil's for many years and someone that we've been trying to get on the podcast for a while but he is so busy it's almost impossible to pin him down. In this episode we focus on Mutz and Phil's co-writing success for the pop starlet Pixie Lot and their massive number one smash Mama Do. We talk about how they wrote it, recorded and mixed it but also hark back to that time in around 2008 where Phil and Mutz were on fire writing hit after hit for Pixie. We also talk about Mutz's current role as a crucial member of the house band and music producer for ITV's show The Voice. For the last nine series or seasons for our US listeners, Mutz and the band have accompanied hundreds and hundreds of singers recording thousands of songs in the process. We talk about what it's like to work in a live TV pressurised studio environment and what he's learnt from working with the superstar coaches on The Voice. So without further ado, we hope you're having a wonderful festive period. The ends were a very tough year for all of us, but we hope you have a great new year. Let's get on with the show. Song Stripper. Very warm welcome on a cold December day to Matsalga. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Fake applause. Ah, yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for riding over town on your motorbike on this cold December day. Um, how do you go from being an 18-year-old jazz guitar nerd and Liverpool Institute of Performing Arts student to becoming a hit songwriter? Well, what happened? Lucky. Uh, <laughs> well, it was some magic, I, I think, because I don't know how it happened. But um, there comes the time when, you know, when you... You show music to friends and family and then the things that you're really, really excited about and the room goes quiet. <laughs> oh. <It> still does. <laughs> and then you, yeah. si- you sing them a song that has three chords and everyone goes, wow, I really like that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, can you yeah. do that again? Yeah. So um, I guess after a while, then you, you, there's a certain satisfaction in, in making music that connects. Um, Damn right. So, uh, yeah, so then I ended up working with lots of friends who, and they needed demos done. I had a little eight track hard disk recorder, remember that yeah. Roland VS880? So I could make little demos. What so was that gear check again, please? Uh, it was called a Roland VS880. Built in Cosm effects, and they called yeah, them. Yeah, I had all, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah so it was uh, it was all in one we'll box, d- and eventually you could put the mix onto Minidisc, you know. We'll definitely get comments about that. On that, uh, yeah. Uh, people see. seem to be fascinated with the moment you mentioned a piece of gear. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I had the Yamaha MD8, which was literally onto Minidisc. Oh, I see, yes. Okay, Built-in great. mixer. Anyway, carry on. There you go. So anyway, yeah. so therefore, I ended up uh, suddenly demoing so other friends' songs. and sometimes in, your, in your bed, sir? In my bedroom, yeah, yeah. in southeast London, and because uh, that's where I ended up. Was that Bermondsey? Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, then that then took me into writing with the people that came around to make demos. And mm-hmm. and then suddenly I had a sync here or a sync there or some, something yeah. happened. Um, a sync, yeah. just for anyone listening, is a synchronization, not as I uh, is sync to wash his face in. Um, uh, oh, I see. Yes. But that could so, be, a, so um, a sync would be an advert or a piece of music on TV. Is that that's right? right. Yeah. There was a company in America that really supported European unsigned artists and acts and they managed to get songs on Grey's Anatomy and all these other TV series over there and suddenly on American small radio stations mm. which again gave us me and my my friends a little boost that we I think we can do this you know it's someone like and played on the radio it's a and you two met how? And because obviously, just for the listeners, Phil's you've both been modest, but you worked together, and your big hits for Pixie were co-writes. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Now I had a publishing company with my friends Mark Fox and Bill Stonebridge, and I was introduced to Mark's. I think Mark had found maybe your Nat- Natasha Bedingfield song and knew that you were unpublished. So um, we met in about two thousand and four. Yeah, something like um, that. At a little signing lunch um to, when we signed much to uh what was then called dalmatian songs mm. um which, which is our publishing company when he was an up-and-coming songwriter we got in early which was a good was a, a smart move 
you obviously all co-write with other people and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and you th- you had three massive hits on a trot you know with uh, Mama Do was it Boys and Girls Next was it and then Cry Me Out yeah. all of which were well two of them were number ones yeah and the other one was number two is that right well not oh. quite uh, well Cry Me Out was um, top five it was. It did well, but it, it got played a lot on radio. So it was yeah. what, it was Christmas what time, I'm hanging it? on to is that yeah, it, it got number one on radio airplay, which is the nice okay. thing. Yeah. So we were super fortunate. And what was it that clicked? The truth, and also know. those songs were probably written in the space of about six weeks. We, when we got together to write for Pixie, that was we had a real focus about it, and. Um, the brief was good for us too. It was we were both brief. interested we, in the brief, yeah, we, which was it was kind of soulful, Amy Winehouse, Duffy songs, but with a sort of a, a retro tiny retro beat mm-hmm. yeah. kind of thing. So, and we both thought, oh, that sounds that sounds yeah. like fun. We can we can do that. But um, yeah, it all happened quickly, and it came natural, I guess. Yeah, song stripper. Hey, Songstripper fans, this is Astral Drive. If you like the music of Todd Rundgren or classic 70s songwriters, Sunbleach Rock with soulful vibes, let's take a trip. Astral Drive, now available on Spotify, Apple Music, or Jinx Records. I'm a big fan of Motown and Philadelphia, and and uh, so for me personally, it was an opportunity to kind of explore those chord progressions, which are, I, I find really emotional. Maybe not so much of Mama Do, certainly with Cry Me Out mm. is, is very much a soul yeah. kind of thing. And um, yeah, I think when, I think that what was really good about us getting together, the chemistry was we were sort of brutal with each other. Like really honest. That's what I think makes a great songwriter yep. relationship. Not always, but but um, I would play a verse and Mutz would kind of turn away, and then he'd come back at me with a verse, and I go, "Yeah, that's better." Okay, what if we do? Uh, we'd, well, it we'd, works if, if you've got someone at least coming saying no, but try this. It's, yes. When someone just says no, then it doesn't help. But if someone, it was, it was very if you're positive, able to bounce we, off each other, yeah, because we were both players, both coming up with lyrics, both singing melodies. And in the in the grand tradition, as I like to say, of uh, Lennon and McCartney, not so much of a lyricist working with a composer like Burt Bacharach with Hell David. No, it was much more two guys either playing guitar or piano, and just singing ideas in, yeah. at each other. <clears throat> or I would sing my ideas over Mutz. That's, that's <laughs> what I some people some people struggle with that. That uh, so they, oh, yeah. they I always get questions like so. But but what did you do? And I say, well, I, I, you know, I write songs, and yeah, but what do you write the song melody or do you write the lyrics? And yes, and, well, we do all sorts, yeah, you know, yeah. do everything. And then, of course, nowadays it's like, are you, are you the track guy? You must be the track guy because you're good at Pro Tools. So I'm going, well, uh, I, I know, I, I can do tracks, but mm. I'm, I can produce, but I never have it. I never just sit down and make tracks. No, maybe I should, but I, I, I've never have just mm. to make tracks without any music or song yeah. to it but um so i mean speaking uh, for myself when i write and i don't write, you know i can't write lyrics and music separately they come together and yes. i know not everyone's the same but i find it i can take someone else's lyrics and put music to it but i always find it very hard to write my own lyrics i always start with a verse and a chorus and then i'll start adding you know new verses later once the music's done but it all comes at the same time and i'm sure when you guys are working together you know you're bouncing ideas constantly off each other and Whoever writes what line doesn't matter. It gets done. It's it's more yeah. than the sum of its parts. Yeah. I think there was a certain haphazard uh, part of the fun of our chemistry was because we could both each play guitar, piano, drums. So it was kind of a little bit ramshackle. We'd, uh, we'd go, oh, we like this chord progression. And sometimes just start recording it. Mm. And Mutz is like the fastest guy in, on Pro Tools in the world. I think that is a Guinness Book of Records. I think it must be. <laughs> and um, so I, I go, you know, we'd, we'd do like eight bars of a beat and all of a sudden there'd be a whole, like you go, tick, 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 that's the sound of the uh, computer keyboard. And all of a sudden there'd be like a, a whole track 
with a bridge and everything had been like recorded so uh, and then we just throw stuff down everyone have a go on something glock and spiel different yeah wacky guitar sounds and uh, and lot focus on the title what's the message what works with yeah, the song the, i seem right. to remember that 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 was often a big thing uh, you know what what are we singing and what and if so if that's the word or sentiment how would you sing it how do you make it that sound mm. right yeah and uh, to me it those years were so exciting because i i mean i i can say now and I, i've told phil before as well that i remember it was a big thing for me to be in the room with phil mm. yeah. uh, before i met phil i i was at a gig somewhere and there was like a buzz in the room because phil Donnelly's in the room he's, he's here <laughs> and i was i we remember can smell that him. we so can then, smell yeah. him. <laughs> So then when I had the chance and Mark or Bill was putting us in touch and, you know, I came in here and I was thinking I need to deliver something. I need wow. to be on my top game, yep. you know. Wow. Um, so, and you were. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you. I mean, it's uh, it was very exciting. So those those early days, it was uh, I'm, I'm sure I came in and I, I tried uh, my hardest. Um, and maybe that who knows, maybe that paid off. And yeah, I think, as you said, uh, the start certainly with um, Mama Do because uh, I think that was the first song that we wrote because we'd been given the brief that there's where, in this case, it was a manager got in touch with us because uh, Pixie Lott, who was the artist we, we were working with, was unsigned, didn't have a record deal, yeah. which is a great point for a songwriter get, to get in uh, if, if you're sort of relatively unknown. Um, so we were given the brief, it's got we want something retro something soulful but we knew what we were sort of a sound we were trying to get so i think when you have those um almost like blinkers on where you're you're not trying to write an electro hit you're not trying to write a song like the eagles you're not trying to write a christmas song you're going it's got to be something in this mm. it's your this focus it makes color. it easier focus yeah, yeah. yeah and i think we were and yeah. I think that's something much um, definitely has is like intense work ethic mm. with um, super focus and and musicality mm -hmm. and lyrics and. Well, let's talk about um, Mama Do as we always like to focus on one song. Uh -huh. And I've, I've just been playing it back to myself and having a listen again. And I know at the time, as you said, you were looking to tap into that kind of retro soul, Amy Winehouse influence style. Um, and it's certainly got shades, I think, of back to black in it, you know, in terms of the uh, the minor key, the kind of piano-led riff, if you like, on there. And there's similar tempo, and they've both got lots of reverb, etc. Um, but it feels more polished, and I say, if you, if, in a good way, commercialised. Um, clearly, Pixie is a pop artist, and she wasn't trying to be a troubled soul in terms of her... Um, how yeah. she came across, whereas Amy Winehouse was, you know, authentically so. Was that intentional then to sort of pop up the Amy Winehouse package or was it just a case of that's what you came up with and that's how it worked for Pixie at the time? I'm not sure. I think we, we were getting to know Pixie uh, and we saw that, she, you know, for, I'm sure we wouldn't feel comfortable writing some, you know, uh, emotionally... Uh, grown mm. up for you mm. girl we started working yeah. with her I mean, she was what, 18 15. wasn't yeah she okay. was 15 wow so uh, and she came she always came here with bev her mom and you know so it, uh, i don't know we were de probably definitely were listening to sometimes to uh, amy winehouse and that but it belongs to the story that what you what ended up being the record uh it did get a uh, quite a bit of help from american producer greg kirsten so right i was looking before I came here today, I was looking through my trails of on my email to see what's the earliest <laughs> Mamadou reference in my emails. And um, so I see that we wrote it and I, I did, I think, a, a mix of it. And then Phil had some suggestions and then I uh, I fixed, uh, did, I did what uh, Phil uh, suggested. And then uh, then the rec company started to hear it. And then they I, we had like amazing feedback. I see on the email it was, it was like, love it, love it, love it. And then the manager in America suddenly came back and said, oh, you know, this and that. Anyways, uh, and then the next bit is that we, I was sending files to Greg Kirsten in America. And then he, I guess he added some shine to it, mm. replaced some sounds and that. Um, and it did sound probably uh, less poppy and yeah. shiny in our version, you know, in our demos. Uh -oh. 
let's talk arrangement because it is you were just talking about Greg Kirsten, but it's very lush, it's layered, it's big strings, big BVs, hand claps throughout. Um, does the arrangement sort of come to you as you're tracking it via experimentation, or before you start tracking, is it fully formed in your head? I don't know. What do you think, Phil? I, don't, I think we we were probably experimenting a lot. I think like we, we made it up as we went along. Yeah, right. we normally. Uh, and then, having said that, though, w when you make it up as you go along, but you can actually both play, that's different to just kind of thrashing around with any old idea. Mm. We, it was. Yeah, know. I think f it probably quickly comes and says to us that this is the piano intro. This is what's driving it. And um, I'm sure we both had a go at the drums, and we. Yeah. Um, Would that be live drums on the record then? We, there's, I'm sure there's some live drum fills for bits and bobs. I think yeah. uh, Greg Kirsten redid the drums, and we must have done real hand claps and. Yeah. Uh, um, but talking about the hand claps. The hand claps basically are throughout the entire record. That's right. Um, and they drown out the snare drum. I mean, almost you you wouldn't know it was there, you know, but it. I was just wondering, you've got so many tracks going on on Pro Tools, maybe you just forgot to mute them at any point, or is it just a case that that was the feeling? Because it really is, you know, uh, a very, very... And normally hand claps are associated with sort of, you know, disco or happy music, and this isn't a particularly happy song. It's a, it's a pop song, but it, they really are a feature of the mix, aren't they? Yeah, I think sometimes in record-making process, you eventually hand it over, yeah. and even though you get asked maybe for your opinions on the final mix... It's just that's. It felt like we've done. We did our part. We wrote the song. We've, we've come up with the arrangement, and now the record company has another vision that they want to just mm. twist it a little bit. So I can't remember if we had claps the whole way through on our last submitted mix. But mm. um, listening back, I mean, it's yeah, it, drive, it makes the sound the song drive along and absolutely. And the level of things, if it's loud, then that's a that's a judgment on the mix engineer. Yeah. It's a bit of a, um, it gives it a party vibe, I suppose. One piece of, of, of this particular kind of story is, of course, Mutz and me got together with Pixie when she was unsigned. And the bit that we've kind of jumped across is we worked with Pixie. We wrote probably about five or six songs and then she got signed to Mercury. Right. There was no, there was no deal. Then there was a record deal. Yeah. And then they, they um, did ask us to... Um, finish the production yep um they uh, yeah i don't seem to remember them being like jumping up and down and saying you guys are geniuses i think they went around the houses working with every other thing right. uh, uh, other songwriting team in the world huh. and and uh and then a year later came back and were, were like oh these original songs are actually hits why don't we release these? Because there's presumably a chance that you do all the work for the demos and they love Pixie and they turn around and say, guys, thank you very much, but we're going to go with something completely different, but we have signed her, but nothing to do with you. And you've just you know, yeah. spent six months working for nothing. Is that very That's often true. what happens? Often what happens, because you, uh, like our friend Sean, who then sometimes works with artists early on and he creates a sound for them and then the record company or manager or whoever takes looking after the artist, then that becomes the calling card. And then it gets the artists get sent around to the writers around the world and develop mm. on that sound that the, they think that is the sound of the artist, but actually it's a sound of the yes. the, 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 the writer sometimes the writer's yeah. vision. I, I think actually this is getting into a, uh, an area about the music business, which um, what often happens when a, when a, a, an artist, a new artist, is signed, particularly if they're one that ha has. Um, songwriters attached to it who are perhaps you know creating the sound or, or, or the song ideas is that once the record once the artist is signed it turns into a feeding frenzy yeah. of every publisher calling up the record company saying our writer is the right person for this have you heard so and so songs she's amazing right now and record companies which is fair enough. They go, okay, well, especially if they're hot names. Mm -hmm. If somebody says um, Max Martin has heard it and he wants to write with the, the new artist, n no record company is going to say, no, no thanks, we don't want the opportunity for another songwriter to come in. But that's the kind of the shadowy part of the, mu of the music business where the business takes over mm. and 
you've put your heart and soul into it like we did with with pixie and other songwriters do that the artists get signed then the a and r decide they want to take it in a different direction and sometimes you never hear from the artist again and the irony is of course very often the best albums have got like a singular focus we were talking about amy winehouse but that was very much her and mark ronson for most of that record not all of it and there's loads of other examples as well and this is what you know your pix's big three first hits were you guys working with her uh, and I suppose it gets diluted, the message. If you do end up sort of giving everyone their say, you end up with a, a more of a messed image, whereas what you guys provided Pixie early on was a... Although the songs, those three songs are very different, you've got a disco song, a soul song, a, yeah. you know, at the same time, they're very much... You could hear as there's a thread running through them in terms of how they're written, I think. Yeah, I think uh, I'd, uh, record companies sort of do a spread bet at that point, they go, they try get get as many kind of big name songwriters and producers yeah. as they can. That's okay. And you know, after the success of that, you and me would be getting called yeah, to do exactly to, that for, you know. We a, had all sorts. Uh, yeah, we, we had opportunities and we had a lot of big names here after that. Yeah. When then the rec companies, yeah, they do the same. As they did with Pixie. Now that we we had some success, and suddenly the record company thought, "Well, let's send in our new signings." And we yes. So yeah. uh, after that, we had Lana Del Rey came coming through, and we wrote yeah. songs, wow. and we had Emily Sunday come through before. Yeah, and also uh, all sorts of um, opportunities. Opportunities yeah. that we were given, but it seemed to Pixie seemed to really have clicked for us. It sounds like I mean to me the the, the records are. Very, very well structured. They're very, very concise songs, brilliantly written. But it almost sounds, and I mean, it's in a good way, it came easily to you. And obviously it comes easily because you've got, you know, years of practice behind you. I don't imagine the decisions you were making between yourselves were difficult. Yes, okay, Mutz might come up with a better idea for the verse, Phil might come up with a better idea for the chorus, but I'm guessing from the sound of it, you both agreed pretty quickly early on, yeah, you're right, yeah, you're right, because it, it doesn't sound like the songs flow very nicely. Is that yeah. a fair assumption? Well, that's fair. I think there's also some something I learned from Phil. I feel like I've, I've learned a lot from Phil and the working together. And one of the things I think I've picked up is that, uh, you know, don't, don't spend too much time on it. Then move on to the next thing. If it's too difficult, mm. if you're really hitting, uh, you know, uh, a wall, then right, let's, let's find another place to yeah. go. You know, take it somewhere else. And then... Um, uh, and I'm not in, sure. in fact, you that that idea of like pushing on—it's a difficult moment when you're a songwriter. Yeah. But if you're collaborating, and um, there's a, if there's two or three of you in the room and you're trying an idea, and at some point somebody has to say, "Guys, let's move on," yeah. and it's mm. a really nice moment. It's a, sometimes it's a difficult it's a thing to say. Yeah, yeah. To go to like say. this, it ain't happening. Mm. But the moment you say it, everybody goes, there's a sigh of relief of like, oh yes. God, yeah, we're banging our heads against the wall. Yes, of but, course. Um, and in fact, you would, when when we did Boys and Girls, or Girls and Boys, which way around is it? Boys and Girls. Boys and Girls. Yes. We'd been, we'd been, uh, Mutz and I had been writing, you know, throwing ideas at each other. And unusually for us, I, I don't think, we probably had a couple of, half decent ideas but didn't really catch anything and i was walking out the door it was like half past five and we were kind of pixie was in the next day and oh, was so it was like oh. but we need to have something right <laughs> something i was thinking to myself we need Pressure. something yeah, we yeah. need something we need number one okay let's write it now <laughs> and we sort of did yeah phil had his jacket oh, on yeah i was heading and, out the door and uh, said, i, oh, I grabbed idea. a guitar and yeah. i just went for it yeah, and then something happened, and Phil he was like, "Oh, all right." Then <laughs> he took his jacket off, and yeah. then we sat down, and then we it came yeah. up. Yeah, the song was written in half an hour, I think. And then, uh, uh, at that point, I think the lyrics were cats and all the cats and the dogs. It was there's something about a list of, for the chorus lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, we moved on from all the cats and the dogs to all the boys. <laughs> you and never the know; girls. could have been a bigger hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
And who knows about the Mama Do coming back to that? The fact that uh, Pixie would arrive here with her mum, Bev, that maybe uh, unconsciously this relationship, mother-daughter thing, got into our heads. uh, Interesting psychological point. Mm. It's a weird title because the the line of the song is a question, what would your mama do? Yes. But... When you hear the word Mama Do, it sounds like uh, it doesn't necessarily refer to anything. It could, it could be like Michael Jackson in that uh, Mama yeah. Say, Mama Say, you know, all that yes, kind of stuff. Right. I, I, yeah. it, I always yeah. assumed the song was called uh, 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 or something like that. Which it is, was subtitled, think, wasn't it? Oh, I think it, it was oh. bra- brackets or something. I'm not brackets. sure how they did it. Parentheses. But, um, yeah, that's it. So, um, okay. it, yeah, you're right. Mama Do. What were your mom? Yeah, it's, it's an odd... It's stuck. Well, it stops anyway. it being a question, yeah. but it works brilliantly, obviously. So uh, and it sounds, it sings really nice. Yeah. As, as does Daddy say. Yeah. There's something. Like, what would your mama do? What would your daddy say? It is almost sort of. Uh, it's just rolls off the tongue. Very and that's nice probably thing. how it uh, actually got written too. That you were writing and mama do those sounds come out and then yeah, you would true. say. So what are you singing? <laughs> yeah. Like, I could say. I don't know what exactly happened, but I could be. I don't know, something about Armadou. I think that's, that's an interesting songwriting point because I think sometimes, um, you, Tim, you were saying about like struggling to write the lyrics and the melody at the same time. I think it's great to have like a sound, just to be making a sound. And, and there's a certain attraction to vowel sounds mm. landing on certain notes. So um, if you say, where would your mama go? Go, go doesn't sound, but do is yeah. is like such a nice sound. Which, if you know Frank Sinatra, every other rhyme is do okay. you knew. It's all <laughs> that's where Scooby Doo came from, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe so. They were named, but Scooby Doo was named after a Frank's of the ending of Strangers in the Night, where he goes Scooby Doo Doo. Apparently, oh, it's Dooby Dooby Doo. Oh, Dooby Doo. They named a dog after him. That was the. So this um, was written, what, 2007, 8 or something, would it have been? Yeah, 2000 and something. It came out in 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Phil, you've been in the industry, what, since the early 80s, basically? Since I was five, yeah. So you basically yeah. had the best part of 30 years. To figure out how to put three chords together. To figure out how to put three chords together. <laughs> but it had been, is it fair to say that it had been a while since Torn? And was that your it last? It had, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would... Uh, I had uh, had the success of Torn and then uh, worked with lots of good people, but I was kind of in a in a hiatus or in a... Uh, I wasn't really getting any songs um, covered. Mm. And um, so when this happened, it was so exciting when Matsumi got together and it just had this chemistry. And plus, not only um, all the skills we've mentioned that Mats brings within melody and lyrics and and production skills but also his energy and Mm. um you know at at that point i guess i was able to sit in a chair as i'm doing now in a big pink chair and kind of like imagine myself as a as an old-time producer and and think about conceptual things not that much he was also thinking about conceptual things but because we both had kind of roles where I would sit yeah. back and make the tea and or the coffee and and perhaps just juggle just thoughts around and Mutz would be head down like getting the track together super fast. We we were really we were really quick. So you're sort of accelerating each other, I suppose. That's the point. Nice way of putting you're it. Getting, yeah, yeah, you're getting results quicker than you would have done with, without each other there and yeah. and not having to. I suppose, explain to each other what you're doing because it yes. just comes from, you know, you both understand in- intimately what you're, how the other one works. I think also what we, were, we, we were used to just throwing stuff down. As we said earlier, the, the, the songwriting process might be quite brutal, and, but, but when it came to recording uh, the instrumentation for the production, I think a lot of times we'd just go, just try this, you have a go, I'll have a go, uh, and then mute both of them. Yeah. And then later on, Mutz would um, go through everything and pick out the two bars that were of the 80 bars that had been played <laughs> that actually had something decent on them. It sounds amazing, but presumably this is like some of the stuff we're listening to on the record is the initial tracks you were oh, putting yeah. down. Oh, 100%, yeah. And they were just put down in a rush to get it down before we forgot them, almost? Or 
Uh, yeah, definitely. When we were feeling the inspiration there and then, it then there's, there might be the guitar or the bass or the piano. Yeah, or harmony singing. Or harmony, yeah. Sometimes with wow. with Pixie in the room, we just kind of this was very much your thing. Was like put up the Coles mic, and rather than actually, although you are schooled in harmony, um, and I'm looking at Mutz. He he knows his way. Um, you know, with proper harmony singing. But we'd kind of made uh, make up ad hoc harmonies. Mm. We just stand around the mic, go for the chorus. Everybody just tr- try and find a part that they liked, without uh, without it being checked. You know, without yeah. without yeah, the, within also, the, yeah. an EU certificate saying that it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was pre-Brexit harmony. Yeah. <laughs> and then it would become it would just two or three takes later we'd kind of go either figure out our parts or have this magical kind of unusual sound going yeah on. it sounds yeah. like people are singing together rather than it sounds like one person singing close on the mic 20 yes. times yes you know perfectly and uh it, i think it's that contributed, isn't it yeah that's contributed i think to um, perhaps yeah to some of the tracks that it's uh it's music that's played and it's um um we always do a thing mutz where we uh look at the youtube video uh-huh. And we, uh, we we talk about the comments below the video. This is quite an interesting one, this one, because I think this is a video where she's basically dressing up to go and play hand claps or patter cake or something with her friends. It's oh, in a, I remember, yeah. Phil yeah. and I went to the shoot of the video. Ah. We went to the shoot of the video and met the manager who couldn't have been less interested in either of us. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Well, it was, it was don't really... say his name. What was he called? Uh, <laughs> I... I I, I don't know. Anyways. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know his name, David Sonnenberg. Yeah, but uh, it was yeah. so weird. Where is he now? Wow, in a massive mansion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Was, it, yeah. So this section we like to call it, and it's again, it's a snappy title. What people are saying about your song in the comments section below the video on YouTube. All you have to do is just nod. <laughs> or comment and everyone can hear you nodding mm-hmm. if you approve of the comment okay so this is from ducky dave five years ago oh, good old ducky. all the things a girl should know all the things she can't control this is by far my favorite line of the entire song huh. was that right. particularly uh, a line which hit you guys when you wrote it that's the middle eight isn't it yeah, where it breaks down right. it's an interesting middle eight isn't it because it kind of the the song is I always think of the key we were writing it. I don't know what key it ended up in, but um, it does actually change key there. Yeah, it's um, like that's a, well, it's on the fifth, isn't it? So you've got and you've almost got six beats without any music going on. It's like a stab. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's right. sort of kind of if we were in A minor, but yeah, so yeah, it's, it's almost like cabaret, isn't it? Yeah, it is that, very that, much. That chord it's, change is very. Um, it's very cabaret, but yeah. I always imagine Pixie with sort of that that West End style, in the way she was. Yes. you know, what twirling the ki- yeah, wearing a top hat and twirling those, the cane, uh, twiddly things, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was an unusual. I'm not sure if, uh, yeah. And we just repeated the line as well. I think we just sing it twice. Oh, just... talking of repeating the line. So that's, uh, that's a good good trick again. That like we probably at the yeah. end, we're going, oh, that's a good enough line. We don't need to. We can't, yeah. <laughs> we don't need talking to repeat. repeating a line. I mean, yeah. We don't need to, uh, yeah, to say something new there because we've, we've got a good line. That's, no, absolutely. If we sing it twice, we, uh, we just mean it even more. I th- yeah. I, I think oftentimes... Um, I hear young uh, other songwriters' songs, and I'm going, personally, I go, well, couldn't you have just said that four times <laughs> instead of having a new lyric on the chorus for every single line? You know, the idea of a chorus, and uh, don't there's Don't Boris Us Get to the Chorus, but there's, I always feel like you want people to sing along. Like, let me, let me sing along with your song. Mm. Don't make it too hard for for um for the listener to be become part of the song and identify with it but um but talking of repeating lines in in the first verse um there's a kind of unwritten rule in songwriting about not repeating words certainly in nashville that i think they 
Uh, Your rhyme is, should be uh, inventive and uh, yeah. in a way, shouldn't it? You should well, you should be. You've got yeah, limited. You shouldn't rhyme with the, the same word. You shouldn't rhyme with the same word. <laughs> yes. Although I could give you the most famous example of rhyming with the same word. I could do that at the moment. But in the first verse of Mama Do, it repeats the word night three times, which I think if you tried that in lots of songwriting sessions, they go. Um, so 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 every night I go, every night I go, sneaking out the door, I cry a little more. I can't help it. There's something about the night, yeah, and the way it hides all the things <laughs> I like, and then this moment of genius. But each black, night's coming to beat. Well, you've had night three times, yeah. and you get little black butterflies. Uh, One of Mutt's best lines ever. Great line, which sort of sums up the kind of I do. I got butterflies in my stomach, but they're little black. Or like something it, dark. Something dark. Something naughty is going on. Someone yeah. is having sex <laughs> in a place we haven't described. <laughs> And this is written from personal experience. Um, yes. Turtle Armpits, six years ago, writes, I remember my obsession with her four years after I met her. She was flawless. I'm a girl. I had a crush on her. I'm straight. And Veronica says, oh. Grace then says, well, then, you're not straight. And then Charm Speaker says, Grace Saunders, that's not true. There is something called a girl crush. Yeah. <laughs> well, Charles Speaker says, do not decide someone's sexuality. You do not have the right. Also, educate yourself. Yeah, and I think that's very true. I, I, whoever said that, that's... I'm not judging anyone. They should just love yeah. whoever they want to love. Absolutely. Yeah. And fancy if, they, if that's what works. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm... And then No Name One Year Ago says, in the last... It, oh, this is the last days of 2018. This song is coming back to me. And when the beat started, I just thought, it sounds like Back to Black. After thinking about this, I've read your comment and I was very happy. I'm just thinking I'm not the only one. For sure. I'm not crazy. Mm. Wow, I good. mean, I'd argue that last point. I, I could argue with that too, yeah. Just... And then Kaz Rutter, five months ago, says, I used to sing this on karaoke on the Wii when I was 10-ish. I'm now nearly 18 and it's still a banger. Oh. Ah, excellent. It's still a banger. Did you ever have any input in the Wii karaoke version? I, I personally took on all the responsibility for the karaoke versions of uh, songs of... of, uh, of no, that was it. There presumably is an entire industry, though, isn't there, of people creating... Well, like there was for Muzak, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. backing Or library music. That would be the publisher when it's selling the karaoke rights to a... Yeah. How about Bob Talking Dylan? about karaoke, though, have you sang your own song at a karaoke, Phil? I... I think we attended a karaoke, was it for Dan's birthday party, like three or four years ago. You were there, James Bay was there, John Green was there. We were in Islington in the karaoke bar. Oh, I wasn't there, but I heard about this. Oh, you were? Oh, yeah. And this is what lucky voices are. There's all these, John Green, there's James Bay, there's James Fox, there's all these people with great voices who can sing. And they're all like sheep. They're scared yes. to sing the first song. And I was like, fuck it, just give them me the microphone. <laughs> and I put up, I think I put up Torn or something. I was like, wow. there you go, guys, suck on that for a bit. <laughs> the original key, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. And James Fox was like singing an ACD song, full voice going higher and higher wow. and higher. Ah. James Fox, obviously famous also for appearing as Billy Joel for many years on the... Uh, uh, still does. I still think, does. Yeah. Very, yeah. Yeah. On a cruise near yeah. you. Mats, just talking about backing tracks, yes. you are used to creating amazing quality tracks in a very short notice for the contestants on The Voice. So your day job, I suppose, has been, what, the last nine years now? Yeah, uh, eight years, eight yeah, years. working on the, the TV show The Voice, you're right. One or two seasons a year, kids' voice, adults' voice. Yeah. And how and many songs are we talking per series? 180? It's a few hundred, yeah. So um, in the last eight years, you know, I've been working. We've, we've got a fantastic band, so I'm like yep. the fifth, sixth member of the band. They, of course, all play, and I... You're I number play, one on the team sheet, mate. You're I the goalkeeper. Play, yeah. I play Pro Tools. That's my yeah. instrument. Yes. <laughs> so uh, whatever yeah. the boys... Um, you know, they, of course, if there's a song with lots of guitars, then, then um, I used to sometimes record the guitars before rehearsals and mm -hmm. then they would be playing along to things but now um we do lots of overdubs in the rehearsal room and and then i do sounds and prog what we call programming and um yeah so there's a few hundred songs a year that we rehearse film 
record and that I recorded all the rehearsals and mixed all the rehearsals and so it's been lots of thousands of songs and you know they, these are most often hit songs yeah and as a writer I think it's it's quite interesting because we really have to dissect it. arrangements chords lyrics sounds well you've got to make something of what like sometimes a a, a, a song with 50 different parts condensed and there's a five-piece band plus you yes, so you're adding right. the strings the, the horns the things that wouldn't normally be played yeah, live all sorts of percussion elements and yeah. also we're making music for tv so so often my job is trying to when there's a lifting there's a moment that needs a lift in a song i will i will artificially create lifts you know with reverse sounds and thunder or jet planes passing you don't even know it but uh, it's all happening but also those songs are heavily edited as well aren't they? sometimes they they chop them down yeah after you've recorded them or yeah in the yeah. in the edit they uh, sometimes they just if it's not that interesting and they want to make the program a bit shorter the song a bit shorter then they'll chop in the middle of a bar or a beat or <laughs> wow dave um Tenshu's musical director he's um He's really fighting to try to still keep the music, yeah. Uh, you know, ma sen making sense. You, you're kind of saying, "Well, I program the bits that the guys don't play," but you're also doing this under incredible pressure. Sometimes, Often the yeah. music is going out live. Oh, I mean, obviously, the, the, um, the there's a lot more. It's not just there might be people listening go, "Well, well, I could program a brass part." No. But you're programming brass strings, extra synths for 180 songs, editing them, and then the broadcast happens, which is incredible yeah. pressure. But but you handle pressure very well. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really uh, trusting my technology, the technology I'm using. So I think that sure. helps. But mm. uh, and also the team that we've got. It's all. It's, you, I feel comfortable and confident in the team that we're working with and. Dave, like I said, musical director, he, you know, he's steering the ship. So we are, we're all just doing our best at our job so we can yeah, make this TV show. You're bad the, yeah, I mean, contestants, they all start off anonymous and 99% of them will finish a show anonymous. Yes. That's the nature of the show, but I'm sure they can still be divas if they want to be. So, you know, you're dealing with things like key changes, tempo changes. Oh, yeah, all the time. So how are you yeah. dealing with that? If you program something in, is it MIDI or is it...? It varies different ways and techniques to make things work. And um, so if I've prepared I, the first bit of the show, uh, we have about 100 contestants. So therefore, we, I have 100 songs to prepare. And uh, so if we get to the rehearsal room and then we, the singer is struggling mm. or we're saying that we, we actually the second verse is too long or we should rather repeat this bit, uh, then, yeah, it's, it's something we have to do very quickly. And there's different techniques and ways to, to get around yeah. it. Yeah, secret. We, we wouldn't want you to divulge well, them it's in case. So it's a bit boring, <laughs> I think, but some of it is MIDI and some of it yeah. is audio. And then you just, okay. you just have to make it work. But uh, in general, we spend about 15, 20 minutes on a song and then we wow. move on so if we normally play it what, uh, three times that's how long you know, most people's computers take to start up yeah, <laughs> that's why again so if my computer crash starts crashing yeah i have to reboot or start installing it the whole system falls apart so um we have to be we're super focused in that environment um so uh, there's no long tea breaks or anything it's just very very focused we've got so much to do in such short amount of time it's an amazing format though because i mean it's unique in talent shows in the sense that the judges are top 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 stars yeah. themselves i mean over the years you've had well you've still got will i am jesse j boy george jennifer hudson sir tom jones tom jones you must have uh, picked up some amazing insights over that time with that in mind uh, what specifically have you learned from ollie Murs? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ollie Mers wears a very nice cologne. Does he? He wears yeah. it. So when you know when Ollie's in the studio. And imagine he he's what's that in, make? Smell Creed. Is he Creed for men? Oh, yeah. Actually, I can't remember. I can ask, but uh, you can Brute. definitely smell him before you see him. Wow. <laughs> Is that uh, a good thing? In a, in a way, a nice way. In a nice way. So, and, go, uh, what have you learned from the judges? Because obviously, you've been working with some of these guys now for eight or nine years, yeah, especially well, when I am and Tom Jones. We learn different things from the different coaches. We call them coaches. You see, coaches, right? sorry. But um, they are very much focused on the the singer and uh, keep, like Phil also has been teaching me, keeping things simple, mm -hmm. um, building the performance. You know, as a singer, don't go guns blazing from the first word. 
and singers still do they still go in yeah. and sure. they think i've got 90 seconds because that's how short these versions are they go in there and they go if i sing the highest note the loudest <laughs> i can and then finish it with the most ridiculous riff yeah surely that is that's yeah. good singing yeah. and it's 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 skilled singing perhaps mm. to be able to control it but it, to my ears it's not it's not musical i'm always singing. amazed who doesn't get turned for and who does and it's exactly yes. that it's often the ones that are technically excellent and, yeah they don't they don't like they don't always want someone who's sounds like they've been doing it for years do they either no it's an odd thing we've we are noticing patterns that what the coaches what they're hearing and what makes them press the buttons right because to make the chairs turn around so um yeah we notice certain genres for example for example just doesn't really hit it doesn't just get the heartstrings going and there's how do you how do you mean like uh, the sort of bob dylan type singers uh sometimes yeah most often the the rocky 90s rock doesn't work it's very rarely the coaches think this is a voice that i want to so like a john bon jovi brian adams sound yeah really and if you do any music that would be good for a john lewis christmas advert you are through yeah yes it just it, yeah. and um and and will he's very enthusiastic about american modern music uh so if you've got something that's got a the modern beat anything by the yeah uh, the, the whoever's in the charts the weekend or mm, something. He, mm-hmm. he, he's his ears are pricking up you know uh-huh. Do you have a spreadsheet where you have a, how many times has this song come up over the last... Yeah, what is I've the lost, most popular song? It's true, yeah, it's, we've lost count. And I, Yesterday, I have, imagine. No, no, it must be something more modern, isn't it? Well, the song that often comes up, comes up is uh, And I Am Telling You, that's oh, Jennifer yeah. Hudson's song in... Um, Dreamgirls. Dreamgirls, which is... Yeah. Oh... That's the one. That's a that's a pyrotechnic song, that's isn't it? You've got to, if you can't, song, yeah. I mean, you've got it's to like be a good singer. That's called Lydian, isn't it? Oh, probably, yeah. Because that's, uh, <laughs> that's like a D <laughs> over a C chord. Yeah, C sharp over the D. Or the A chord over the D chord, yeah. So that's one of them, but... Then, yeah, um, yeah, what other songs? I mean, we've done all three Pixie songs we talked about, we've done on the show. Wow, okay. And uh, only a month ago, I recorded a singer singing Torn. Oh, nice. Wow. Because one of the, the four, that was one yeah. of the winning songs. You didn't show. want to just email yeah. Phil for the backing tracks? It would have saved you a lot of time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, oh, yeah, yes. I, did, I think I did hear about that. But uh, they, the guy who recorded the song, he, he didn't win. So they only released the, winning, the winner. Right. So we have right. to do four songs, uh, the, yeah. for the, one for each finalist, and whoever wins gets a release. So, uh, unfortunately for the producers or the music team that we have to f- completely make four proper versions, but yeah. only one sees the daylight. <laughs> and so Torn was one of those songs. Uh, I think for anybody listening to this piece, it, this is very much the roots of the music business as people working hard behind the scenes, but they're, and they're making a living and they're creating music and it's, it sounds sort of like a product. It's it's like a can of beans, and you've got to get it on the shelf. But it's important because everybody needs to eat, you know. And that's th- that hardworking um, TV music production that you're doing is that's like a, it's a great gig to have. I'm very. I'm. I think we're all and you're very the best, fortunate, right? We're you and very Dave. Fortunate. Well, I there's there's people doing our job, but we. I feel very fortunate that especially now in this year, 2020. Yes, when all sure. the theatres, the stages, the concerts, the venues, yeah. the festivals, everything's shut. Okay, so the record companies, I mean, the record business is still making records and music gets played on the radio. But the no, but that apart from you and Strictly, that's the, they're the two house bands of TV, the voice yeah, and Strictly every lucky. year. We so And we say that to each other as well. We are aware that we are the fortunate ones that could be together making music for mm. an audience. Okay, it's on TV. So, um, yeah, yeah, just talk us through your COVID protocol at the studio. Oh, of <laughs> they are very strict. No, but, no, uh, no, I'm not. I'm kidding. But, but we yeah. take for granted, I think, because um, the quality of what you guys do, because I remember watching when you first started and we've been playing together in a Thursday night house band for a while and we knew each other very well. And you said, oh, yeah, we're, a few of us are going to go and do this house band for The Voice and we don't know really what we're doing, but it's gonna, I've got to do, I think you said to me, I've got to do 90 songs in a month yeah. or something. You were, it was freezing cold. We were outside 
at this pub and you were saying to me, I'm literally shitting myself. <laughs> and I remember watching it and Four. thinking, oh Dear. my goodness, the, not, not literally, uh, metaphorically shitting myself. And um, musically. But the quality yeah. of the sound, because you know, TV sounds a unique thing. Everyone's got different speakers and everyone TVs and yeah. you know whether it's got you know, surround. And the quality of what came out, my, I couldn't believe what I was listening to. It was streets ahead of what had come before it and what other people were doing on other shows. Mm. And it doesn't matter which those shows were, but you took it up 10 notches mm. and you've kept it there, you know. Well, and, it's all, it, it's a very much a joint, I mean, it's very much a effort from everyone. It's, sure. But, um, and it's nice that, you know, to work, it, that it works off, it pays <laughs> off. Well, that brings us to an end of another episode of Song Stripper. I think that was really enlightening, both about the process that Mutz uses to record, engineer, produce and mix songs, but also how he works collaboratively with members of a band on the high-profile TV show The Voice. He really is someone who likes working with other people, and you can tell from his personality why people like working with him too. Thanks very much for joining us this year. We look forward to seeing you in 2021, hopefully a better year for all of us, with some great new episodes of Song Stripper. So have a healthy and happy new year. Song Stripper.